For the industrial designers Joris van Briel and Vanessa Yuan, it was a somewhat nostalgic question that formed a starting point for their design studio, EcoBirdie, which they founded in Antwerp in Belgium in 2018. What happens to children's toys when we grow up? The answer, if the toys in question are made of plastic, troubled them. The plastic most toys are made of is tricky to recycle. Most plastic toys are made from a variety of different plastics in different colours, which makes the process of repurposing them difficult. So they decided to use discarded plastic toys to design another item for children, the options for which on the market at the time were limited and not particularly fit for purpose. An ergonomic, untippable children's chair, made entirely of plastic, recycled from children's toys. The Charlie Chair, as it's called, has gone on to win multiple design awards and is now in museum collections too, including at the Brussels Design Museum and the Victoria and Albert Museum in London. But EcoBirdie's small but fine roster of design objects, all of which are made entirely of recycled plastics, is growing and now includes a chair for grown-ups and even dinner plates made from the repurposed plastics of food containers. You're listening to The Entrepreneurs with me, Thomas Lewis. This week, we speak to Joris van Briel and Vanessa Yuan, founders of EcoBirdie. And it's from Vanessa we hear from first, speaking from their studio in Antwerp in Belgium, who tells us the story of how their award-winning design for a chair for children, the Charlie Chair, begins. So Charlie is the name of my godson. It's also Joris's nephew. Yeah, my yes. nephew. So Charlie's biological mother, my sister-in-law, she asked me to be the godmother when, when she was pregnant. So she asked me, oh, Vanessa, you are a designer, you know, a lot of furnitures, in furniture industry, you know, a lot. And can you recommend any kids' furniture I want to buy for my older son? And I tried to look into that and I, I couldn't find, uh, I made some suggestions, but she was not very satisfied in the end she found one end up was very dangerous for the child so the chair keeps tip over every time when the child get on the chair and i was so surprised seeing to see it as a product designer because we do so much study or economic for normal size people in everything but for kids they need something better but they are not they they are not exist that moment when we decided to make a kids collection and I had decided we are going to make the best. And we'll dig into that award-winning design for the Charlie chair in a moment. But Joris, to bring you in here, perhaps you could outline for us the remit you wanted EcoBirdie to have when you started the studio. Yeah, EcoBirdie is a company we have redesigned plastic waste and we do that to stop the plastic pollution. We create products out of uh, plastic waste with a function and um, a purpose to do good. So EcoBirdie tried to make recycled plastic beautiful. So we try to turn waste material into beautiful products, beautiful and functional and sustainable. And our brand is believing uh, in the ethical um, Ethical values. Yes. And you each had your own careers as industrial designers before setting up your own studio in Antwerp. 
When and why, perhaps, did you decide to take the leap and set up your own studio? And what kind of setting is Antwerp to do that in? We both started it as a career as industrial designers in the city of Milan, where we were working on uh, consumer products. Um, we have been working for a long time for, for other clients, and we became more and more aware of the environmental problem, the plastic pollution, and the feeling of a responsibility that we as uh, designers can make a change. So in 2016, we started this uh, research about uh, um, plastic and uh, recycle of plastic. So we found this report from UN says that uh, actually in consumer products, the plastic toys use plastic most intensively in the products. So maybe other sectors use plastic in their packaging or in the supply chain or in the retailer. But plastic toys seems like use most of plastic in the products. So recycle one plastic toys with about equally recycle maybe 1,000 caps of the bottle, of plastic bottle. And as we found plastic toys is definitely worth to recycle, but at the same time, we try to find out is there any available solution, recycle solution about it, and we couldn't find any. And that's why we started with doing this research with a new founded subsidy, and we could develop technology to recycle plastic toys sustainably. So that was the starting point of uh, incorporating. I think in Antwerp, because it's relatively small, so we don't have the pressure or the competition of a, of a big city. Like if you live in Milan, with, where are like thousands of designers around you, so we can develop our style independently. And also I think the mindset here is more, maybe a little bit more artistic than, than business-based. We want to make more the a difference in our creativity and then maybe in the numbers at start. We have a scene in the fashion, which are like inspiring also for us as, as a product designers, the way they work and, and maybe opposite it can also work. It's a historical city. So we have a long history in, in, in craftsmen and in painters and, and they're, they're around us and also inspire us in a way. Our previous office was close to the, the antique stores. So in Antwerp, there is quite known street. It's called Klosterstadt. There's many vintage furniture shops. And we often talk about this. We say, look, that piece of that master, that piece of that master is very nice. We questioned ourselves if the master's pieces are still so nice from 30, 40, 50 years ago. So what should we do to be verified as a product designer of today if anyway the master's pieces are still so beautiful in front of us? And I think that's the also about the time we started to decide we want to make something. If we're going to make a furniture, piece, we have to make something really meaningful. 
And you found that meaning in the idea of reusing pre-used plastics, the conversation around which is pretty profound in many parts of the world at the moment. And you mentioned earlier that the plastics used in toys are particularly difficult to repurpose. Explain why that is, if you could. It is very challenging because toys are usually made of different components, also different kind of plastics bundled together. So that makes it challenging to separate them and to and to recycle them and to, to give them a new life. And that we found as an interesting starting point for our research project. The research project where we brought together as designers, different industries, recycling industry, but also the plastic production industry. And we, we started with a, with a new approach because the traditional recycling plastic is known for its uh, grayish or uh, greenish color. But our uh, objective was to, to keep the colorful plastic toys, to keep the color in the new products. Yeah, without adding extra pigments. It's not only an, an aesthetic value of this, but this is also has got a, an environmental impact. So we, we really use less energy to make products with, with, let's say, our process than with the traditional recycling plastic process. It's such a clever idea taking this material or these plastic objects that inherently only really have a lifespan for as long as a childhood lasts. And because of what it's made of, can't really be used again or turned into something else. If it is so difficult to recycle that kind of plastic, how did you go about finding the places or the people that could break down those toys for you, for you then to turn them into this new range of furniture objects for children? Yeah, by collecting waste plastic toys, we learned about the, the, the complexity, but also about the products and we had a our own hands on the products. What are the, the, the technical uh, aids we can add to the process? And we, we found the technology and that we apply to the separation of the, of the plastics or uh, we are not only recycling the different materials, but also the color. And that makes that we can keep the original color, what we, what we wanted so, so much. So accurated uh, sorting of material and colors very important in the process. And I think we, uh, we combine the uh, manure and mechanical sorting in our process. This combination, we could achieve uh, a good quality of the recycled plastic. And where, where do you source the plastics, the toys that you recycle and then use in your designs from? So in Antwerp, in Belgium, and we have this uh, school program where we go to schools to tell students, kids about the story of recycling. So we made this storybook. The storybook is also actually based on a research of what are the most popular toys that every family should have. And we start with the most popular item is like a push bike. So almost every kid has that at home. So that's something very tangible for them and they understand that. So that story is about, okay, this bike was used but was left away because the kids changed their interest. To avoid to be buried in the ground or to be burned in the oven, there's a better way to end 
or to transform his life is to recycle. So we tell the story, and we afterwards we encourage children to bring their broken toys, and we collect those toys. And besides, we also work with the recycling, the bigger recycling companies. So they collect like the garden, the big garden toys, the, the slides or the, the swings, and made by made in plastic or swimming pools, those kind of things. So they 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 contain a really big and good amount of、uh, plastic, and those are very useful for us. It's so lovely this involvement of children who don't need their own toys to be remade into something they can also then use. I wanted to, to look at the the idea of the supply chain here. Therefore, is it fair to ask whether children are a particularly reliable source for your source material? How does the supply chain beyond those donations work? Yeah, of course, it took a, a lot of time to set up this system. Not only about collecting toys through school, but also working with a re- very reliable partner in the in the recycling industry. And that made that we have、uh, could develop a model that is、uh, workable as a business. So of course there is a cost in recycling. It's more expensive than working with、uh, virgin plastic, but the, but the offset is we think is worth it. And if those costs are higher, you presumably pass that on in part to your customer. How does that impact the audience or the customer base for for eco birdies? Products and the size of that customer base—are they willing to pay a little more for something that is so imaginative in its design, so made a product that has such a charming and compelling story to it? Yeah, we believe that our product tells part of the story to our customers because、uh, people they can see that the, that their plastic that we use is is、uh, got a second life and they are conscious of it. And also, what we add is that、uh, we created the furniture for the comfort of the kids. It's made ergonomically and it's sturdy, and then in the same time lightweight, so that it's it's a good product to use. So we also believe the only way to make a product sustainable is make the product with a really、uh, significant value. Now the value is not only on aesthetic, but also on the function of the product. So, like our chair, our charity chair. If you don't look at the material, even the material and the older story behind, or the fair labor, or study of the research on the technology, they are they are all the values. But the charity chair, yes, the very important value is is very very safe for kids. So every corner, every detail of charity chair is designed for. Providing the best comfort for kids, and like yours says, it's very sturdy. It's not not easy to tip over. Almost never can tip over. The weight of the chair is also studied to be、uh, matching to the Montessori educational method. So it encourages self learning and、uh, encourage kids to develop their motor skill、uh, independently. So those values, I think, that's what we see. We believe if we we add those values on recycled products, I mean, a product made with recycled material, and that's the real added value as a designer's job on a, such a functional product. And then, if the product has such a value, then they will they shouldn't be thrown away easily. 
then that can be sustainable because you can make anything out of the material actually, but as a choice we made, we want to make a real high quality product. And I suppose a, a key attribute for any design for children is an element of fun, a playfulness. Have you been garnering feedback from, from any of the children who now have the Charlie chair in, in their own collections? I think the children, they don't really can describe what they feel, but I need to say uh, we always feel very moved if we join our school program and we see end of our storytelling and we show the, the, our, the chair, for example. And the kids immediately, they recognize, they say, oh, that is recycled from toys and that's my toys. But if it's not true because your toy is still with you, you just bring today, so it's not your toys. But they can, they, they relink themselves, they reconnect themselves with this story. And we are so happy to learn from other parents, like our customers, the parents. They told us that's the best choice, the best piece they bought for their, their kids. Our their daughters because they say so meaningful and they really see the children, the kids, they, they could understand, they can feel so engaged in such an early age. And yeah, that's just very moving for us, very touching for us to see this and to learn from our customers the feedback. Yes, because I think the we used the material in, in this way. It got the attention of museums, for example, the Brussels Design Museum. They, they put the Charlie chair in their permanent collection. And it's because they say it's a, it's a design of today. It's not like we try to make a modernistic chair or a postmodernistic chair, but something of today because it's, it's, you can clearly see the material. And that we bring the attention to the reuse of, of material and, uh, and the circularity. And I think it's relevant to, to show that. It's a, probably is an item who reflects the problem of today and carries also a future because the kids are our future, right? So it's, it's carries also a mission of, of a, a more impactful future, hopefully to our kids. And then the aspect also that it's um, a design for kids and not a grown-up chair which is scaled to the size of kids, but it's, it's designed for the purpose of kids that was also appreciated by museums. So Charlie Chair has obtained, I think, six or seven design awards internationally and also has been co collected by museums worldwide. We are very happy about the recognition. When Charlie Chair become popular, a lot of people ask us, can you just scale up the, the Charlie Chair to be a bigger size so normal people, grown-ups could also use it. And then we, we have received so many of these questions and we finally looked into that. Uh, we really did, we, we tried to scaled up in computer program, but uh, that is against principle of making something economic. So that's all the studies put in the child chair for a daughter. And if we just make it bigger and say, inviting any grown up to sit on that, it's possible, it's possible. But it's not the optimal way for us. Like, it's not the optimal chair in our eyes for grown-ups 
And then, so we made a total new study of the, again, the economic study of how can we make this a grown-up seat or a grown-up chair using still recycled material, but different, no, not the, not the toys anymore because toys become irrelevant in the story. So that's made with household plastic, uh, like shampoo bottles or washing gel bottles. And then we, we studied the shape. The shape looks very small, actually, the Richard uh, armchair, but it's comfortable and gives sufficient back support. And uh, we are also happy to have feedback. It's a very new product, but we are very happy to have feedbacks like this chair is very comfortable and very nice to sit on because plastic chair need to be very nice to sit on. It's also a challenge for me because you easy to, to feel it's cold or it's cheap or it's, you know, it's not something you like to feel. You, you feel cozy with it, but I think we still made it. And that must be an incredibly satisfying feeling, having your design recognised in that way. And with that kind of recognition, have you found more studios entering into this area of the furniture market? How competitive is is this sector of that market now? I know that you don't only make products for children. You have other lines of products too, which we'll speak about in a bit more detail shortly. But the niche you're in, how competitive a place did you find that from the business side of things when you were starting out and how that, that corner of the market has changed. I think our sector is, is the furniture sector and it is a very big sector. You have a lot of existing products and a lot of companies with different values. So the competition was huge, but we also thought like in the time that we developed, started to develop EcoWordy, there were not so many companies working on circular products or products with reduced environmental impact. And I think there we, we've, we found a niche that we could bring a solution with, with our uh, recycled plastic products. So when we launched our first collection, the kids collection in 2018, I think we are the first company, as we know, on the market to present high quality products made in recycled plastic. Like we didn't hide the material, oppositely we, we show the material in our design. This was our choice to include the material visibility of the recycled material in the products as a part of storytelling and as part of the product design. And I think that in 2018, we are we the first company maybe in furniture and also in lifestyle products. We are the first company who really does that. We think the competition is products who made with our deep study on the material or the functionality or cheaply made. Products that made it in, in a different context that are made in low-wage countries where workers are paid differently. And that is actually on the price aspect that this makes also a difference and that we have competition with those products. Yeah. And also even if it's in the, in the more similar market base, but we also see the furniture industry became more similar to the fashion industry, which is like fast fashion. So there are a lot of products that are made to fit the, the trends, but not to fit the needs. 
I mean, the need as a functionality needs, but more the need of the feeding the trend. And that's just a pity to see because uh, we don't, the material problem is sustainable, but if the design is, doesn't get a deeper function then, or the longer function, then that will be a, a pity. And what does that increased competition do to you as, as both designers and entrepreneurs? Does that mean that you have to do things a little differently if the market is getting more, more crowded? So our products are made, we insist to make, to produce our products exclusively in Italy and in Belgium. So in Belgium is where we are and in Italy is because we both worked in, in Italy for a while. So then that's why we know the, the sector there. We learn the sector there. We choose to produce there because we know the technologies and the companies there. As a production part of view, that is important for us to keep everything made in Europe or made in EU where we know, where we are sure the social system or the, the labor system, this fair labor and they are covered by a, a good social system. I think that's number one. And then we also work with a sheltered workshop. So in Belgium, so it's like for people who has uh, special needs people who uh, maybe otherwise would difficult to find jobs. So we work with kind of organizations. I don't think those decisions are actually made to be more competitive, but that is the decision we choose, the decision we made, making our company more close to what we, the value we believe. Yeah, about the business side, we had to learn almost every day. Because we were like designers, creative people as a background, and we had to start to to promote the products, but also sell the products and to to build a distribution network. But we found very nice people who are with similar mind to work with, and that we we appreciate very much to to, to work with people around the world to, who believe in our products, and that makes us also to continue to think about new solutions, uh, not only for kids' chairs, but we can develop also furniture for grown-ups and work also on uh, new solutions, maybe also work on other materials. I think to become entrepreneurs definitely out of uh, our comfort zone, like where we used to be, just as designers, that is definitely uh, challenging, that's something we learned a lot. I think that definitely make us to become also better designers because we we are more responsible on what we propose <laughs> and also we need to take care of the supply chain, the stakeholders, and that is, yeah, that is a whole learning process. But an important part of being entrepreneur, I think, is the scale, the scale of your production and business to be relevant. You need to think in an industrial scale. We, we like to make like one-off products or a more artistic approach, but only being thinking in an industrial scale, we can make a true impact on, um, on reducing plastic waste and collecting as much as possible plastic waste and turn it into valuable products that last long. The joy comes from the challenges, like the, the plastic is a was a dirty material. Our joy was to make it like yeah, 
people, they think it's an interesting uh, object to buy and but it's actually a waste product, but we turn it into a, in a, in a design product. It's hard. Sometimes it's become really hard because like you say, it's a lot of uh, challenges on, in the business side, but what always lights me up is, is still uh, the we can keep this uh, conversation with our customers and the appreciation of our products here. The 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 rules from our customers they are very encouraging. Yeah, that's almost like the best thing in doing this business. Yeah, we hope our products can speak for themselves. So we don't do so many ads. We don't do Google ads. We don't buy those uh, social media ads, but we hope the products still can talk for themselves. And when they do, and that's a very big joy for me. My thanks to Joris van Briel and Vanessa Yuan, founders of EcoBirdie, for joining us on this week's edition of The Entrepreneurs. You can learn more about the studio's range of furniture and design objects by heading to ecobirdie.com. Today's programme was mixed and edited by Jack Dewars at Midori House in London. My thanks to him, as always. You can listen again to today's show or explore our archive of inspiring business stories from right around the world by heading to the Entrepreneur's Pages at monocle.com forward slash radio. And while you're there, you can also pick up back copies of the print counterpart to this programme, The Entrepreneur's Magazine, which is published annually. I'm Thomas Lewis, and for now, it's goodbye, and thank you very much for listening to The Entrepreneur's. 